Welcome to Thinking Outside the Box with Gavin Rubinstein. Conversations between Gavin and the people he believes have trailblazed by thinking outside the box in their field, industry, or even just in his office. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark McLeod, aka Macca, the CEO of Growth. No, my title's changed now, so. Oh, she used to have been up in the world. Well, I don't know what that means, but my, <laughs> I got a title change to uh, chief, of, chief of Strategy for the group. So you're now Chief of Strategy for the entire Ray White Chief Strategy Officer for the real estate. They, you, they need to give you part of the whole company. That's what I think. I'm going to talk to Dan. Kidding, Dan, don't kill me. I love you. Um, but, you, I mean, you've just been such a staple in the Ray White business since the very beginning. I've had the privilege to have some pretty incredible people on this on this relatively new podcast. You know, Tom Panos yesterday, in my view, best real estate trainer in the country. Now, Mark McLeod, who I believe and have always said since the beginning, is in my opinion, the best real estate mind in the country. So I'm very, very appreciative to have you here. Thanks for coming. No problem. Let's no get into problem. it. Let's thanks, get into it. Thanks for the kind words. I'm not quite sure I'm the... The best mind in the country. Some pretty pretty smart people in our industry. Yeah, but, uh, well, th- there is and there isn't. What I think is great about you, Mark, is you have a very comprehensive understanding of this business, but you explain it in an extremely simple, straight to the point way. And I resonate with that. Yep. Yep. So so let's get into it. Tell us about you. Where did Mark McLeod start? What what was your interest early days? Were you studious? Where give me give me a summarized version of your journey to this um, point. I grew up in in uh, Bundaberg in central Queensland or the Wide Bay region, and I've always had a saying: there's only three good things to come out of Bundaberg: rum, the Bruce Highway, and me. <laughs> and so, I'm not quite sure I say that with with tongue in cheek. But I had a great upbringing. You know, mum and dad worked really hard. Came from those typical. You know, Queensland regional families. They have money? No, they didn't have. My dad um, was a really hard worker. Mum worked in the news and she worked in a doctor's surgery. Dad worked in the railways. But we had a house full of great love. We had a house. Our food plates were always full. Yeah. I actually didn't realise that growing up that we didn't have money. It, it just seemed normal and we had a great time. We had bikes. We, you know, we had a great grow, a, a great, uh, had a great upbringing. You know, sport was very much part of it, uh, of our family, but it was great to grow up in Bundy. Okay. And then where, where'd you go? Well, I thought what happened, I thought I was going to be um, a football star. So, and that moment was one of the real probably defining things. I thought, you know, I probably didn't do well at school as I should have. And I thought I was just, my destiny was going to be a football star. And it was a great lesson because- Because you're, you're, you're a big fella. You're kind of like me. Yeah, yeah. You're, I, you're a little I, bit bigger than me, tiny bit bigger than me. <laughs> I, I said to someone today, it's like- Twins, you know, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know. It's a bit, That's it, you and it, me it, hanging out. It's a bit like that. But I wasn't as successful as I'd, I'd hoped to be, but in hindsight, I'm glad I wasn't. There's a, there's a kind of sliding doors moment there that I think if you reflect on life, you know, when the sliding door moment happens, whether you jump through it or not, there's another thing altogether. And so I, I came and um, I, got a, I got a chance to play football in Brisbane before the, the NRL. Played a team called Winnin Manly, which was full of football stars, Wally Lewis and Gene Miles, some of the greats. Um, and, and I didn't work hard enough. That's that's the bottom line. You know, I didn't work Why not? Hard. It had come pretty easy prior to that. Why? Just because of natural yeah, kind of your big yeah, guy, big stature. Guy, a big guy. I did a lot of sport. I was really fit. I talent, was really strong. Doesn't, talent doesn't work yeah. when yeah. – what, what's that saying? Um, I don't know. When what, you don't work hard. Well, exactly. And and so I probably wasted that opportunity Um but in hindsight, it's a it's been a big driver for me. I still think about it regularly, right. you know. But what happened down there? I lost my passion for it, which probably coincided with not going the way that I want. That was a big lesson. And I met a guy called Jim Ryan, who at the stage owned or ran Ray White at Wynnum when I was about twenty three, twenty four. Right. There's a funny story. He first asked me to go and sit on a land estate that he had down at a place called Redland Bay, which was a long way. I was working through the week. And he said, well, you go and work. So I worked all week and then I went and sat in this land estate in this little hut. One afternoon, these, these guys came and started doing donuts in their cars on this estate in the middle of nowhere. It's all developed now. Right. And so I ran outside and Jimmy to this day says one of the funniest things he's seen is me belting the shit out of this bloke because he jumped out of his car and he said, he's his salesperson and he's his salesperson fighting on the, on the site. So, so you were a boxer too? No, I wasn't a boxer. <laughs> I was just bigger than the kid with the car, you that's know. Okay, okay. But so I did that. 
I had a swimming background as well, and I've been a, um, a, a, a swimming coach at a, at a college in Brisbane called Marish Brothers at Asgrave. In fact, last week for the Elite magazine, I interviewed a guy called Michael Bowl, who's Emma McEwen's swimming coach, right, and, right. and Stephanie Rice's. And Bowley and I worked together as young coaches. Bowley stayed in the coaching field, and will end up being one of Australia's best swimming coaches of all time. Great guy. Right. You should interview him one day, Gab. I love I love greatness, Mark. I'm motivated. I'm inspired. Yep. I'm attracted to greatness. I want to learn everything about it. Just on that Bali story, which he told me for the first time, like he had so much fun. He's defined by things not going his way, and so many things didn't go his way, and he persevered. He's great. It's a great story. You should catch up with him. Yeah, no, for sure. So I did that, and then I realized that I had this hankering for kind of real estate. I did the estate when I was a kid, and so- I got into I got into 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 real estate. How the fuck does that work? So let's let's just summarize that. You finish school, you think you're going to play NRL, and then you get into becoming a swimming coach, and then real estate. Explain it. Well, I don't. I I, I can't explain it. You know, I. I'm I was, not just. I'm, I'm not just saying. No, it's like real estate for you. You are, in my opinion, and I'm going to tell you a couple of uh, things shortly, which you taught me that changed. Not in my career, but my life because of what I applied. Yep. Your mind is different in this game. So how does it go from one end of the spectrum to the other? Sure, there are correlations, but how did that happen? There's a few things that I think happens. I, I, I genuinely, I genuinely do look at things differently. I process things in a way where I have this really logical way that I think. And if it doesn't make sense to me, it doesn't make sense to anyone else. I'd say to Kelly, my partner or whoever, that doesn't make any sense. You know, I have a simplify. Same, yeah, it doesn't make any shit. sense. You yeah. know, I, I, I say to Don't people- Don't complicate it. We're not rocket scientists. There is so much illogical practice. I just look at it from a really logical way and go, that doesn't make any sense. I'm able to look at situations that occur inside our industry, I hope, and occur and just, and just try to, try to make sense out of them, try to nut them together. And I try to work out why people do things and don't do things like this industry. It, it, I love it so much. I love the people in it, but they frustrate me because it's, it's, it's the simplest industry in the world. The only industry world we know where our customers live. Explain that. Well, well, I, I, I was I was down here where I don't know where I was. It was in the eastern suburbs. Yep. This is years ago, and this yep. bloke walked in. He was a bit of a smartass, <laughs> and I don't do that really well. See, this is why I love this guy. You, you ain't seen nothing yet. We're just getting him going. Just give it. I, and he, he said to me, um, "Oh, I, I forget who it was. Someone listed this this great Sammy yep. down here." Yep. And I said, "Mate, can I just ask you a question?" And he said, "Yeah." And I said, "Mate, how long has that Sammy been there for?" And he looked at me like I was a weirdo, and he said, "Oh, mate." 100 years. I don't know how long the semis sure. have been in the eastern suburbs, you know. Sure, sure. I said, how many times have you been past it? She said, mate, I, I've lived here all my life. So 100 times. He said a 1,000. Mm. It's been there a 100 years, been past a 1,000 times. Was it there yesterday? He looked at me and said, yeah. And I said, mate, jump on the computer and tell me who owns it. So he jumped on this computer, <laughs> Mr. Yep. and Mrs. Brown. Yeah. It's been there a 100 years, been past a 1,000 times. It was there yesterday. You actually know who owned it. You had everything you needed to list that home except the one thing that mattered, a relationship with the person who owned it. You had everything else. And that's the key, right? 100%. And so how do you manage that relationship and how do you ensure that you do particular activities so that you achieve that? There's a saying that I, if, if I had 100 real estate agents here today and I said, would you all agree with me this is a relationship-orientated business, they would all go yes. And then I asked a question. This is interesting. And so I get different responses from millennials. And I said, make a list of all the people that you have a relationship with that you've never spoken to. <laughs> and they go, Shit, and I so go, funny. well, then how can you say it's you a relationship, relationship with them? It makes no if, if you haven't spoken to them. For sure. See, big business is coming for us, Gav, in many ways. You mean, mean there's there's lead generators coming now. They're all moving into the space. They've always been coming. But them. the one thing that we own that they don't own is the ability to talk to people. And it's the one thing that the industry, by and large, doesn't want to grasp and protect like it's their last bastion. I'll give you an example. They see someone like you. You know, you've got a great social media. You've done some good stuff on the show that you're on, uh, Lux Listings. You've done all that. You've got a, you a real high profile. You say that I've taught you some things. I can remember you saying to me, and I, I think I used it this week. You, you know, trained I, me since I was an assistant, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. And 20 I say, years old working. And I say to people all the time, you know, because you know, all our young people like you and follow you and all that shit that they do. <laughs> and when Gav was younger, Gav used to tell me that he's the highest paid telemarketer in Australia. 
Fact. And you've told, and I tell people that story. Fact. And it talks to why you're successful because you only build relationships from talking to people. It's the only industry in the world where you can choose not to like some task and just simply choose not to do it. I've got a mate of mine. Now, BJ has got a got a great butcher shop down the coast. Yep, great butcher shop. You know, yep. best meat, super super guy. And I, I I said one day, if he chose not to clean his cabinets every afternoon, the council would shut him down in a week. Yep. So he hasn't got a choice not to clean his cabinets. The restaurant down the road here, across the road, great restaurant across the road, the pub. They they have no choice but to wash their dishes every night. Got to keep nice clean. But we have no choice but to talk to people, but so many of, our, so many of the industry just choose not to. It's bizarre in its logic. I want to tell you about a training session I attended of yours. Very first year I started in mm-hmm. real estate. I was um, 19 or 20, however old I was. I was heavy into the prospecting side of things. You know, that was my role. I was getting coffees. I was, I was a prospector. How many doors could I get into? The more doors I got into, the better. It didn't matter if they were selling now, tomorrow. If I could get in a door, I was getting my team in a my door. Volume's king. Volume's king. And you said something that changed my business and because of that changed my life forever. And I don't, and I don't actually know if you are aware. Can I get a pen and paper? I want to write this down so I remember to say it again. Because so I, I don't remember what it was, Gab. What was it? You said to me, the key to prospecting is as follows. Frequency builds trust. You know, to me, I'm, I'm really not the smartest guy in the room ever. So I need simple, straightforward analogies. And to me, that made sense. You know, you said that everybody has a different criteria in terms of selection of an agent, but what's always on that list is trust. And how do you build trust? By frequently checking in with people, touch points, calls, messages, drop-offs, so often to the point of when they're ready to sell, whenever that may be, you get on the list and then you got to close. Yep. I think I, have, I absolutely, you know, 100% agree with that. You know, like you think about it in everyday life. I go into my butcher mate's shop down the coast. I didn't know him. I went in there and bought some meat. We had a chat, good to see you, mate. Came in a week later, bought some more. Come down every weekend, bought some more. Then all of a sudden we started we started chatting. I mean, it was a series of the frequency yeah. of the interaction. Yeah. Then all of a sudden now, you know, we go in there. But, but I can't get out of the butcher shop. We have a 20-minute discussion. If people look around their lives and they look around their lives like, whether it's the coffee shop or whether it's the guy who makes your suits, whether it's the it's it's where you buy your food. We build up these relationships and all they are is just this layering of 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 constant minute connections. Yep. And then those connections just keep it's it, it, they just keep melding on each other, melding and on each other. Layering and building. Layering, layering and layering. Until all of a sudden you wake up and you're a friend with someone or you have a relationship with someone and you actually you want to work with that person. 100%. If they can deliver on the task and do their job, you want to work with that person. 100%. But trust is, is, is the biggest piece. Yeah. What, what other tips to prospecting can you give me? One of the most important things for me is I think the word prospecting should be banned. Agree. It, it, it's a shit word. Yeah, agree. So let you. me explain what I mean. It's like saying I'm going to go to a restaurant tonight. So you might say, I'm going to Italian, I'm going to seafood, I'm going to Asian, I'm going to Thai, whatever floats you I'm naming you all my favourite yeah. cuisines. Yeah, I'm exactly. getting hungry, mate. So am I. But prospecting is a gen- – and, and agents hide behind the word pro- – prospecting is like the word food. You don't say, I'm going to a food restaurant tonight. You say, I'm going to a Thai. For me, real estate is just a, a sequence of tasks put together. Right. Just a sequence of tasks. Yep. You know, you list a home, you know, you communicate that broadly, whether yep. it's socials, whether it's inside your database, yep. through text messaging. Combination. Combination. Yep, yep. And I call that building an ecosystem, just listed, just sold, whatever whatever you want to do on that, you know. And so for me, prospecting is this is just this collection of tasks. People's businesses in our industry, Gav, aren't defined by the task they're doing. They're actually completely by, defined by the task they're choosing not to do. 
And so, and so what actually happens is that their business becomes a collection. Can you say that again one more time? Sorry. Say exactly what you said one more time. I said, I said, agents' businesses aren't defined by the task they're doing. They're completely defined by the task they're choosing not to do. Right. So what they're missing is based on the activities they're not doing. 100%. For example, We've done through an exercise through my team at Ray White. You know, shout out to everyone who's working hard. We asked through our interview. Is this a concierge? No, no, this is, this is, this is a marketing team. Okay. So, so they ask every single person, you know, why they chose that agent. Yep. Why they chose that agent. Mm -hmm. They can tell you now they chose the agent because they sold a house in the street. So there's something like 11% of people say, oh, he sold or she yep. sold a house in the street. Yep. But if you don't go and do magic 50, knock on the doors and tell the street, that's a, that your business is not 100% now. Your business is 89% because you've taken out 11%. You're leaving some on the table. But it's 100%. So, so for example, we know that 593 it's exactly as I did this morning, 59.3% people chose, I chose that agent because they had constant communication with me. So 60% from the relationship. So if you don't do that, then all of a sudden, instead of being 59%, it's 30%. Right. Reverse engineer constant communication with me for a minute. Yep. I believe, and I want to know if you agree or not, constant communication isn't just harassing people on the no, phone. No, it's not. It's, it is social. It's touch point in the paper. It's boards in the area. It's charity work. Is I, that right or wrong? That is one. I tell, I'm going to tell two stories about that. One's a funny story. I was driving the airport in Sydney you know, to, to Brisbane. This is you know the pandemic when I was flying every day. I saw an ad for some men's underwear. <laughs> I saw it and it had a funny slogan. I thought, I just kind of was on the phone and I kind of smirked as I read it in the, in, the, in the back of the Uber. Hopped on the plane, you know, before Wi-Fi on the plane. This is, you know, I was flicking through the magazine. There's, and there's the ad in the magazine. Same ad. Yep. Hmm. And, then, and, then, and then all of a sudden I was, I was this is before the grammar when Facebook was flicking through Facebook and there was an ad came up. Same know, one. And then, oh, then, then I saw it's it. It's haunting you, and then, then, And then I saw it on television or something like that. And about a month later, I was out buying some underwear, bang, I bought them. Now, the reality of that is if I only saw one of those- Forget it. I wouldn't have done it. It's the connection of all that. Now, you said a lot of things there, Gab, about- I, I, want, I want to tell a little story here. Please. I asked people- Many agents to rate this service and they go, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nine, I'm an eight, yep. I'm a nine. Yep. So let's say, and you probably can't say this. So let's say you're going to, you're going to, you hop on a flight to. You're to, a quant, you're a Qantas man. I'm a Qantas man. You, you hop on a flight to, 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 to Melbourne. Yep. You get a great seat, good food, mm -hmm. good wine. Mm -hmm. It's on time, mm -hmm. clean. Yep. People go, how would you rate that service? And you'd go, I gave it an eight or a nine. Okay. But let me ask, let, let me go back a bit. Let's take another person. Let's take a person who went onto the website to book the flight and they had to wait an hour and a half because it was clogged up. Yep. That's so they went to the airport to put their luggage in and the queues were mild long. They looked down the hallway and Virgin was flying through and then there was queues, you know, you're waiting. You went to the lounge and the lounge was bloody packed and you couldn't get a drink, you couldn't get a seat. But you hopped on the plane on that flight the eight or nine flight. If you asked how Qantas was on that sequence of events, you would only say, I give, I give Qantas or Virgin or whatever, I give them a four. What agents do is that when I ask them what their services are, they only tell me the service they're given their current vendor, which is like hopping on the plane. I go, but what about but, get but, you get you the service starts 100%, from booking the flight hundred percent. What about the person who came through your open that you never bothered to ring back? What about the person gold who, gold who, gold who, gold who you know was in your database? What what happens is that we as an industry we rate our service on what we're giving the person in our sphere now. We don't create enough of an experience, or we don't have a wide enough lens, like. For me, let's say the suburb that I live in in Brisbane is called Belimba. If you're an agent there- You're on a beach there. You love to surf. No, no. That's down at Chugan. Okay. Down, so down, down the southern end. So- so. And our, I know you pretty well, man. Yeah, you I do. Pay attention. You, you, you do. Oh, shout out to the guys at Chugan. They lost the office at Eleonora, which is in behind. It's underwater. So Parksy and the crew, I hope they're going well. This, but let me let me tell you, the reality of life is if if- and I try to get across to people, things- 
dramatically change when you think differently. Perspective game. Most most agents, you have a look at most marketplaces in Australia, let's take regional marketplaces where the suburbs of Brisbane City and Melbourne, there's normally three players and their market share oscillates about the same. Why? Because they're fundamentally doing the same thing. They've just got different colours, different brands, different personalities. One will have a good quarter, one will have a bad quarter, they'll swap around, one will go from here to there. You know the game. Yep. The people, and I believe, who are going to win ultimately take a completely different mindset. Rather than saying that my current vendor or my current buyer is my client, what if he said, everyone who owns a home in Belimba is now my customer? And this is what you always preach. Yeah. Who is the consumer? Let's talk about the 1,500 homeowners of my suburb yeah. are now my customers. Yeah. How can I influence them? How can I benefit them? How can I give them a level of service long before they actually need it. Now, with technology and with- It's like what you talk about, that 53% stat, it's you've got to, even when they're not selling, you've got to start that process. 100%, but in a way that that really connects with with those people, yeah. you know, not about, you know, you know, saying- not a, I'm not asking for things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giving them value. Yeah, giving them giving them value. I'll give an example. There's a there's a um, junior rugby club in our suburb. On a Friday night, they had training. Kel said, "Come along." I went along, and mate, I looked around. I said to Kel, "Half the people have actually walked to this rugby club this afternoon. Mm. They've walked there. Mm. So all the kids in the suburb go to the parents have a few wines, big barbecue. All the kids, all the boys train from, and it's, it's turned into a social event." And I walked back and I said, if I owned the business, he said, what would you do? I said, I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd walk to the rugby club and I'd say, listen, you know, what What was it, 400 bucks, 500 bucks worth of sausages tonight? I said, I'll pay for them every week. It, it, it's a 12-week season, 15-week season, seven grand. I'd get my staff and myself to serve the burgers every night from five to seven. I'd have my beautiful market review documents for the suburb at the end of the desk and I'd say, you know, I don't, you know, like, like you're just being present, just being present and, and suitable to the market. And, you're and connecting with people. Connect, you've got to connect to yeah. your market. And I think, I think that, that what a lot of people don't understand, and this is a, a, a saying that I coined just before Christmas, it just came into my head, and I said it when I was doing a thing with Elite Magazine with Sam and Elite Magazine. Love like, Sam, shout out yeah, to Elite. Yeah, Sam's a good She's girl. a sweetheart. And I said to Sam, what people don't understand is that the transaction is the collection point. It's actually not the production point. The transaction is the collection point? It's where you collect the money. It's actually not where you produce the money. Explain that. So if I go and list a home, yep. if I go and list your home this afternoon, yep. and I list it today, sell it next week, and I collect the money, I collect the money. Yep. It's actually not where it, it's, it's, the, it's all the work I had to do to, to get, get that. that. For sure. So, so the, yes, tra the, yes, trans yes. the transaction is just the collection point. It's People miss that. It's not the production People point. People miss that. 100%. People think, shit, I've got to go for a meeting at 9 o'clock at night. I don't want to do that. But that is what you have to do to create the end result. That's the process that so many people miss. I told a couple of young punks. I said, go to the casino tonight. Young punks. I said, go to the casino and watch. And watch the people walk up to the windows to cast their chips in. Yeah. That's the listing. That's where they're collecting. That's that's where they're cashing the chips in. Yeah. It's actually not where they made the chips. They made the chips out on the floor. You make money in this industry by building structure, process, consistency around the production points of the business, not the transactional points of the business. Structure, process, consistency. Yep. Yep. Those are three words I believe as a real estate agent you need to make your religion yep. if you want to be serious about this business. Um, I believe that the greatest – consistency in our industry is inconsistency. I was just going to ask you this because I because because there are multiple nuggets you've given me over the years that have really affected my practice. Yep. One of the biggest ones is this topic of real estate agents being consistent with being inconsistent. So the the only consistency yep. is inconsistency. Why? Break this down for me and explain this to me and how as an agent do you combat that because I remember I was going through a point and like every other agent does, you know, you go up and you go down yeah. and it's this roller coaster and you have this big month and you have this slow month. And what I've always loved about you, I call you Coach Phil Jackson, is you don't have to say a lot to me, but sometimes you can give me one line and it yep. can just change the game. And you came up to me and you said, Gav, what's going on? 
I'm, I'm, I'm tough. I've got all, all of these listings. I've got some great properties, some phenomenal, and, and I just, I cannot get a freaking deal together. And, and last month it was, you know, I never like to talk about the money I make, but you said how much you make last month. I told you the number is a big number. And you said to me, think about the people you're dealing with. You're dealing with people in the Eastern suburbs. These guys are not idiots. This is not supposed to be easy. That snapped something in my brain yep. and changed my practice again. Well, I think for me, Gav, it's like a lot of little sparks, you know, and for me, you know, I'm not practicing like you are every day. I work in a different role, which I truly love. Um, but I think there's a couple of things for me. I wake up every day and tell myself, I'm going to be really good today. I'm going to be the best I can to be today. I've done so many presentations in real estate over the years, but I still, before I go and do one, yeah, this is going to be the best one I've ever done. Love that. And sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. The mindset is I'm going to have a real swing at this yeah. type of thing, yeah. you know. I did one yesterday which wasn't good because I was angry and I, I took that in with me about something, you know, and I said to the, the young girl I was with, I said, that was not, I wasn't good there today, you know. And I said, I, I carried that that emotion with me rather sure. than being. being like a listing great. presentation, I have someone now that when I have a bad one, I go, I'm not going to get that. Yeah. And so I think getting back to the consistency part, I love Warren Buffett. I just, I just love him. Same. I just love him. He's a you know? don. He's man, a don. Man, I, mean, man, I, have, I have a thing in my book. He's which a is, He's saying the saying. Favorite thing I've heard him say is someone asked him, why do, you know, if he's making money so easy, why don't people follow your strategy? And he said, quote, unquote, not many people want to get rich slowly. <laughs> and People and want this shit quick. 100%. No one plays the long yeah, game. Yeah. Now, I show some, I, I talk about that a lot. And a I, lot. And I talk about the compounding effect of our business. Yeah. And no one really understands it, but if I explain it to people, you can. I can see their lights go on. So let me explain it to you. Break it down. If I gave you one cent, and you might know the answer to this and your listeners might know the answer, but if I gave you one cent on the first day of the, a 31-day month. Yeah. And I doubled it every day. One cent went to two cents. Two cents went to four. Compound. Four went to eight. Compound over the period of 31 days. How much money do you have at the end of 31 days? Well, listen, I can turn to the top of my head. So the answer is $10.7 million. Say that one more time. $10.7 <laughs> million. And the algorithm is? We have a look at the number. Yep. The curve is really flat. Two yep. goes to four cents, four cents to over eight cents. Over a period of how long? 31 days. If you double one cent every day for 31 days, it's 10 million bucks. I'll show you the graph. Right. So you go Someone one, test this guy. I'm not good at math, two, but two, we're going to test this. Two, two to four, four to eight, eight to 16. But if you see the curve, I don't know how we're on a podcast, you can't necessarily yeah, see sure. me. But if you see the curve, the curve goes vertical at about day 25. Right. Because then it gets to 10 grand, 10 grand to 20, 20 to 40, 80, 163, right, 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, the compounding effect really starts to right, go. Right. So let me explain what does it got to do with real estate? Yeah. If you have a database of a thousand, you love it, cherries, just, just kick it. You just love it. Yeah. Let's say it produces 50 listings a year. Let's say you work hard and, and you get 50% of those. That's 25 listings yeah. a year. You open up those 25 homes. Mm hmm. How many people would you get through an average open? One open? Yeah. On average, 10, 10. So so let's say I open those those 25 homes once, that's 250 people, multiplied by four, there's another 1,000 people. People don't get it. In a suburb like yours in the eastern suburbs, I would tell you there would be at least 50% of the people who come to your opens own another property in the eastern suburbs. 100%, and some, and yeah. some, and so, some. So, so all of a sudden your database has gone from 1,000 to 1,500. You apply the same 50% logic again. So instead of you having 25 listings next year, next year you've got 37. 37 multiplied by the 10 over the thing, and all of a sudden your database goes from 1,000 to 15 to 2,000, yeah. and your business starts to grow. But here's the kicker. Nobody wants to spend the money, time, or effort on managing the data properly because they're too busy focused on the transaction. They, they want the deal. They, they want the they deal today. They want the money today. They yeah. want the comm today. They don't play the long game. And I've always said to you, I don't play for today. All of this shit I'm doing is not even for tomorrow, next year. Yep. I'm playing for the next 20, 30, 40. I feel like getting Aiden sometimes. I want to tell another story. I'm full of stories. You know, you've got me talking about stories. Now. Well, I've got you here, man. I did a gig um, years ago on the corner of King and York mm -hmm. Hotel. Um, what's the name of that hotel? It'll come to me in a moment. And there's a coffee shop downstairs, and the guy just, just 
rocks, this coffee shop. He's the, the man. It's the busiest guy. got three machines going. He just goes hard. Yeah. I said to him one day, I said, mate, what's a, what's a really good time to come down? I'm going to bring down 10 people. Mm-hmm. I said, and when I come down, I want you to say this. He said, oh, about 10 to 11 till quarter past is my quietest 25 minutes then, and, 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 and then it rocks again. Mm-hmm. I brought these guys down. They were doing a program with me. I brought them downstairs. I said, come downstairs, guys. We'll have a break. I'll buy you coffee. What do you have? You know, long blacks. You know, skinny, skinny. It's just some, someone said, I'll have a decaf, almond, you know, one why bother. Why even call it a coffee? What you just said? Yeah, I agree. Like. I don't get that shipping anyway. When I ordered the coffee, this is what I got the guy to say. This guy, this guy roasts his own beans. Mm-hmm. I said, mate, can I have the 10 coffees? He said, listen, Mark, I'm sorry, mate. I've been so busy. I didn't have time to roast the beans. I've run out of beans. I haven't got a coffee. And I told everybody this, and they went, Oh fuck, what type of what type of coffee shop runs out of beans? What type of coffee shop runs out of coffee? Right. We went upstairs, sat them all down. I said, What do you think about that, guys? And I said, oh, what type of cof- what type of coffee shop runs out of coffee? And I said, What type of real estate runs out of stock? What type of real estate runs out of stock? I said, the Freaking only reason that the only reason, I said, why is it different? He never took the time to roast the beans and you never took the time to, to do your calls. job. To do your job. What is the difference? You, you were sitting here bagging that bloke because he couldn't serve you a coffee. So when you walk up to me and say, I haven't got any stock, you need to know what I'm thinking in my head. You haven't done the work. 100%. So why? And I don't have a problem with it, right? Because yep. we're in an industry where yep. I have the ability to stand out. Yeah. And anyone who has like a half a brain yep. and a plan yep. has the ability to stand out. So it's no. not like I'm complaining, but I mean, the point or part of the points of doing these is to help people. Why can't the industry get it in their mind to break that concept? There's a couple of reasons that I think for that. A couple of reasons why people fail. Number one reason why people fail. Number one. Let me guess. People can't handle the freedom. They can't handle the freedom. Tell us about that. Freedom for most people is like kryptonite to Superman. Right. Kryptonite fucks Superman's up. Freedom fucks most people up. Why? Because they can't fill it properly. Yeah. Like, like I, I say to someone, you know, if I had a, if I had a machine gun and I walked into a real estate office at 3.30 on a Friday afternoon and started shooting, I wouldn't kill anyone. You'd kill my whole office, just that, by the way. That, I get that here. My whole here. office yeah, is but, but that's, We run in a different operation, but, yeah, but I, know you're talking, I, know you, I know you're talking generally. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, don't that's be what, coming here with no machine gun. That's, right? that's, 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 I need that, my people. That's why it's different here. But no, I get that, right? So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so people can't handle the freedom. You know, there would be people, and I've said this to someone, I said, listen, you're on commission only. I said, how about I pay you 250 grand a year? Yeah. And I said, but you have to do exactly what I say. Yeah. They said, what do you mean? I said, I'll give you a wage of 250, mm-hmm. but you have to do exactly what I say. Here's the week. Here's the phone calls you need to make, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. A lot of agents would take that up. Poor performing agents would take that up. Sure. What would happen if they followed what I said? I would be robbing them in about a year's time. Of course you would be. Because they'd be, be making you much more money than 250 hundred, grand. hundred. So I ask them why Crazy can't fuck. why why can't they do that themselves? Because their inability to manage the freedom. See, for me Because there's no time on it. There's no unless you're you're a, you're an associate, you're an agent, you don't have a time you have to be in your your own business. 100%. People are not disciplined enough to yep. know what they have to do within that period. 100%. And I say to people all the time your view on freedom is incorrect. And they go, what do you mean? I go, well, you think freedom is going home at one o'clock on a Friday afternoon, or you think freedom is going home the moment you're open for inspection finishes at two o'clock. Freedom for me, and it hasn't always been that way. I know there's times that we've worked, but freedom for me, what I think about is freedom, the freedom to say, well, that's the school I want to send my kids to. The freedom to say, that's the car I want to drive. Yeah. The freedom to say, you know, that's the holiday I want to take. Yeah. That's the house I want to live. That's the subject. That's, that's real Same freedom. The other freedom is false freedom. I'm, I'm home watching Netflix at three o'clock, you know what I mean? And people- And everyone's different. Respect everyone for the journey. Yeah. But I, I remember clearly you saying to me several years ago, the discipline I apply in my business is what creates the freedom that I have. Yep. And that's the point that resonated to me anyway when you brought it up. Well, if you understand the word discipline, it, it, it says to be a, a disciple unto oneself. It, it's to be a disciple to your own- I love that. To, to, to oneself. It's, it's what's really strange about that is that someone, you know, will come in here, can't handle the freedom, have to go and get 
a job they've got to you know, clock on and clock off and the boss will tell them what to do. Then they will work and do what the boss tells them what to do. I'm not smart enough to understand why that, why that occurs, you know. Why a typical human does that shit. No, I get that yeah, too. You know, you know, even now I find myself where I have to spend some time thinking about stuff and kind of planning some stuff where it's kind of not doing. I've got to sit back and go, this is still work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just because you're not talking to someone on the phone or, or, or doing a session or writing a session. That's taken a little bit of discipline for me to be able to do that because I enjoy this work and I enjoy interacting with people. You know, going through COVID and looking at screens, I just, in the end, it was like, yeah. and I said, I said to someone the other day, screens suck your energy, live people give you energy. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when I'm on, Got fifty people on the screen. They they turn their cameras off because. Oh, they- you pre- you present to thousands and thousands of people, and you, in my opinion, you're one of the best to do it. So I, I get all that. Yeah, a couple more things I want to just touch on before we we wrap up. You used to run real estate businesses. So you got in depth experience. You know the game. You've seen agents come and go. Like I say, repeating myself. You just know this game. You're a real estate agent. Give me the top three points you need to focus on to give you insurance to have a very healthy real estate business. Top three. Number one for me by the length of the straight. And I say this all the time. By the what? Of the what? By the length of the straight. The fuck does that mean? So I mean like a racehorse <laughs> wins by rather, the length of the straight. Right. So what that means for me or number one, and I say this all the time. Yeah. If I came to you today, and maybe not, not so much here because this is such a great outstanding business, but if I went to 99.9% of real estate business and, I, and you employed me as, as an agent, yeah. I'd say, listen, listen, Gav, don't expect too, too much from me in the first six months. Right. right? But what I'm going to do, I'm going to build a business that's going to generate 15 to 20 appraisals a week. I'm, I'm just going to build that. I'm going to build the functionality to do that. Right, right. I'm going to put a team in place. This is me now. Yeah, I'm going to, yeah. You know, I could afford. I'm going to put a team in place. I'm going to do all the things, so that I'm going to work towards building a business that's that's generating fifteen, you know, ten to fifteen appraisals week in week out, regardless of whether I've got five campaigns Selling under the Selling or not, or that's just, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm okay. just, I'm yeah. just bomb that. Yeah. Now, if I generated that for you, we're, we're doing business, baby. Some somewhere in there, we're gonna some of that shit that we throw at the wall is gonna stick. Hundred percent. So I would be. That's the first. But thing. how's that length of the straight? Just, just so, 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 so length of the straight is because what actually happens? The industry they go and get little Jimmy. Jimmy joins them. Jimmy, little Jimmy the agent, right? And then and then they <laughs> Does he go. Have to be little. Why can't it be big? Well, big agent. So 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 Jimmy Jimmy they come in and I often get calls from guys I know in the industry. Oh, Macca, can you give Billy a call? He made his sale in his first week. And I go, why, mate? Why would you want me? Why? I said, mate, you told him in the first week the money lives in the transaction. It's a problem. It's almost a problem. He's now like the fox in the in the hen house, mate. He's got the he's got the taste of blood. Mm. So he, he he actually thinks that this is about just hunting for deals. And I hear a lot of people about you've got to be hustling, looking for deals and sure. all that. But for me pipeline. It's about pipelines. Pipeline. About, it's about building those foundation. It's about you think about it, fifteen appraisals. Compounding. Ten, takes ten, time. ten every week. Yep. yep. Compounding. Love that. Next Love year that. they compound yep. again. Yep. You know, I, I start to interact with my community. They start to see touch point. Oh, long that, game. That, Everything you talk yeah. about has a relationship. Yeah. It's Mac has got some signs up. You know, yeah. he's got listed that a good home. He got a great price there. You know, I got I got I got a good market. Whatever it is, I'm starting to connect with people. So for me, Inside people's homes, connecting with people is number one. Length of the straight can also be interpreted as longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number two. Number two is build your 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 task points. So a listing comes in. Yeah. And this is what happens every single time. So key. So, like, so okay, yeah, process. Yeah, like we yeah, process, 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 structure. Yeah. So so the listing comes in. This is what DL happens. DL cards go yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. This happens. I, I, have, I have an appraisal, appraisal here. Yeah. This is what happens. Pre-appraisal. This is what happens. Whatever it is for you. Pre-appraisal, post-appraisal. You know, when I sell a property under the hammer, this is what happens. You know, it's, you know, stick her up in thirty seconds. You yeah. Know, all the underbidders, you know, spoken to, see which see which houses they can go to. All my vendors who had a house like that in my pipeline. What's your process? Have that completely- Make it your religion. Completely, completely consistent about delivering your process. That's that's the second one. And the third? Third one is I think is one of the really simple things is this one thing that I tell people to do, I cannot believe the number of people that do that and say to me, this has been a really big thing. 
We had a lot of technology. We had some great technology yep. in Nurture Cable Plant. It's super yep. cool. I'm really yep. excited about where it's heading. One of the things that I got a lot of people to do with their with their kind of pipeline mm -hmm. is put it on, on on a sheet. Yep. On their desk and all that, so they can visualize it constantly. Yeah. Have it in the system with reminders and all that stuff. That's another thing. Sure. And most of the ones I work close, I said just put it on a whiteboard yep. beside your desk. People go, oh, "What if someone else sees the name?" And I go, "Then you probably got a good enough relationship with them." You know, all that type that of stuff. That shit gives me the shit. They all do. It's that old school real estate agent entitlement yep. mentality. Yeah. For me. What I say is is that every time I so if you let, let's say Gavin Rubenstein was on the list. Yep. I spoke to Gav today. All you do is get a red pen and put a red dot beside Gav's name. Yep. And then I speak to Mark McLeod. I put a red dot. Yeah. At the end of every week, look at the board and see who's got a red dot. Yeah. It's that simple. Here are the people who you think are going to come to the market chase. in, in the chase next list. It's and, chase and, list. It's and, chase and, and at the list. end of it's every week, list. you've got to ask yourself, how did I communicate and connect with those people? People say it's unbelievable. Like you look at the list and go, shit, I've got 50 people on my list. Yeah. And this week, I've only got 10 with a red dot. Yeah, we need 50 red dots. How do we I get 50 mold. red dots? And what happens, they just start to think about ways to add value yep. to that particular customer. That's a really simplistic approach. Yeah, I to love that. it. I love it. So you're basically saying play the long game. Yep. The second point you're saying is super important to have a structure around a listing, which is your religion that yep. you keep consistent. Yep. And that's detailed, right? Because yep, you're talking high level. And then the third point is chase list and make sure you're proactively, not necessarily chasing and annoying these people, but giving these people value. It's almost a frequency builds trust point. It's like Kel last week got a call from a, a really good agent and she owns an apartment in Belimba. And the, it was a great call. She actually had a great call. For the, for the viewers, Kel's your partner. Yeah. Been yeah. your partner for a lovely Yeah, day. yeah. 10 out of 10. So Kel just said, what a great call I just got. And she's into that call with concierge. She knows yeah, how to yeah. go. She goes, the call was so good. Call was just, hi, Kel, just thought I'd let you know I've been imported an apartment in your block. It's going to auction in four weeks' time. Would you mind if I give you a call and let you know what it's sold for? Kel said that would be fantastic. So let's have, let's break that call down. Kel doesn't live there. So the first call was, I know who you are, Kelly, yep. and, and I know you own an apartment. Tick. Tick. Secondly, we've been successful because there's someone in the building who trusts us because they just appointed us. Tick. Tick. The third thing they said was, we'll ring you back when we sell it and we'll show you we are successful. Tick. And the last thing they did in that phone call was so simple, they actually got the second call in. Kelly has given them permission to call back. And so when they call back and tell Kelly, Kelly will take the call gratefully. Yeah. And in that one call, I wrote, I wrote an article for Sam again. It's, it's a big thing for, for Sam White. No, Sam, uh, uh, from uh, Sam McLean from, uh, oh, yeah. from Elite. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And the article was called, I just want to be called Mark. Kelly and I went to an open for inspection in our street across the road. Walked in and young agent there, I didn't know them, they didn't know yeah, me, yeah. you know. Kel gave him her non-Ray White yeah, yeah, email yeah, address. Yeah, yeah. And the young lady said, oh, where do you guys live? And we said, we live across the road. To which the young girl replied, Everybody from the street is in this home today. And I looked around and we saw our neighbours. I don't know all our neighbours, but I see them walking apart. Yeah, yeah, I know who they yeah, are, yeah. you know. And about three days later in our letterbox, we got a letter from that particular agent advising of the listing and the listing said, and the top of the listing said, Dear Homeowner. Yeah, I said yeah. to Kelly, how much difference would it have been for them to cross our dear homeowner dear and in pen and go, Mark and Kelly, great to see you on the weekend. That's See, that's, Game of inches. That's the difference. Game of inches. I believe that everybody likes to be recognised. Everybody. I talk about this all the time, this point of service. doesn't matter where you're going. Restaurant, they know your sure. name. They, they sit you in a spot you like to sit in. You want to go back there. We went to a restaurant last week. Chef comes out. Good to see you, Mark and Cal. Game changer. You just feel. It just Game makes you feel. It just makes you feel good. You know the coffee shop we go to. There was a little tiny coffee shop. They knew the order would walk in. They've just had a big renovation. Game changer. And you keep going back. Hundred. You want to keep feeling like that. Hundred yeah. percent. And I and I say to people all the time, find points to make the connection real. Find yeah. points. You know how different would I view that that young agent? I would have picked it up if they crossed it and put Dear Mark and Kelly, great to see you. I would have picked it up and showed every agent in Australia. I know, you would have told them this is what you got to do. Yeah, 100%. yeah of, course, of course. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the and that's the difference. You know, the devil is in the detail. I used to. I mean, you could probably just tell from our conversations over the years. You probably don't even know I know these little points about you, but you speak about them and I like to listen. I like to engage. 
I do the same with clients. I remember once I was at a an appraisal and a family, I think it was the mother mentioned the dog's name. And then the next time I, w- I saw it at an open home, and I think the dog's name was Oatley or whatever, I said, how's Oatley? I think I got the listing just off of that. Yes. Do you know what I mean? She was so impressed. Yeah. And this was in my early, early days. And yeah. of course, that's evolved over time. You still want to apply that, but it's a game of inches. It so much is, and it's a game, I think, of- Service. Service. People lose lose sight of that. We, we, we're here to provide a service. And here's a, a secret for everyone who's listening. If you don't have a listing, you ain't making the sale. 100%. The other thing I want to add, Gav, and I, you and I have had many discussions, it's about being authentic. Key. I'd like to think that I've done okay in the field that I've chosen to pursue because I am who I am. How I am talking now to how I'm so it, it, exactly, exactly the same. The same. Exactly Unapologetically the same. me. And you and I, even though we get on very well, we're, we're hugely different people. Completely. But- those, you know, people see you on your show, they see you on sure. social media, whatever it may be. It ain't going to work for them. Exactly. I, I remember I saying to you once a couple of times, you know, when, when things were tough, I said, never forget what you're selling, brother. Yes, yes. Never Just f- tell me that story. I remember that. So Gav, Gav was, was you know, things Quality don't- Quality over- Oh, well, there's that thing. No, it was volume over consistency Multiply multiplied by, by quality. quality. <laughs> yeah. Volume over consistency. That's my marketplace. Volume yeah. over consistency multiplied. Now, I said that, but I said something else to you that you've forgotten. This is the authenticity part or the authentic part. Yeah. I said to you, you are Gavin Rubenstein. Now, whether, you, whether people like this or get this or don't like what I'm about to say, I really don't care. But the reality is you have a certain joie d'oeuvre, a certain swagger about you. Right. Thank you. I, and I said, don't forget what you're selling. You're selling the swagger. Yeah. People buy you because you, because of the way you are and the way you turn up in the world. Doesn't mean everyone's going to like that swagger. A lot of people won't like that swagger. But but enough will. And what they'll like about the swagger is that they'll like the authenticity of the swagger. Mm. People need to find out what is theirs. What's their thing? Hundred percent. Mine works because yeah. I'm passionate about it and it's real. Yeah. I relate to it and it's. That's you know, I mean, I mean, I, I've had people come up to me and go, "Oh, you know, I've got a couple of guys in here that, you know, they they want to they want to dress like Gavin, look like Gavin." I go, "Well, but you can't do that. Yeah. Tell me, tell me how you want to dress. Tell me how you want to look. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's not just about the way you look. It's about oh. it, it's about people turning up and being the individual. They hundred percent. You know what I mean? And I always say that. I always say, like, listen, from from a young age, you know, I, I love fashion. I love dressing, and and that evolved, and so. You know, for me, it's a way almost of how I express my brand because I always say, if I look good, I feel good, and then I do good. But that's me, you know. But certain people don't necessarily well, have to. I'm going to tell a funny story about a mate of mine, Stephen Nell. I like Steve. He's a legend. He's a funny, funny guy, Stephen. Rabbit stew. <laughs> Stephen um, is a great friend of mine, and he's uh, he's from Orange, you know, and he's a country boy. He's got you know, cattle properties, you know. He runs our rural business, you yeah, know. His daughter's uh, Lucy. Lucy, she's in the in the game. Yeah, yeah, Lucy's yeah, yeah. doing really well. Lucy's great. Yeah. Stephen told me last week. Uh, he said, "I remember that time where we're at some conference company, and and Stephen walked downstairs, and he had s- surfy gear on, board shorts and surfy yeah, gear." Yeah. I said, "Mate, what are you doing with that shit on?" Yeah. I said, mate, that's not you. You're not a surfer. You, you don't even carry it well. You look like shit in that, mate. <laughs> go and put go and put your jeans on your cowboy hat. Come down to Stephen now. I'm not trying to be some hard-ass surfy. And we laugh about that. And he said, I walked, I wore it, but, but I felt uncomfortable. See, people buy you when they feel you're present and you can't be present if you're not comfortable. You know, I can never be you. You can never be me. Embrace who you are. Use who you are. Be consistent, turn up in the world, connect, understand your business, and you'll make money. People need to emulate less. Be inspired from things and people, but you you need to be an individual and understand who you are. Mark, I want to wrap up and appreciate your time. You're great at noticing trends in the industry because you're studying. Give me a trend that you're you're seeing that's evolving, that's new, and and how we at you know, salespeople across the board can can stay ahead of the curve. One of the things for me, and, and I think the, the, some of the trends aren't good trends. I'd be a liar to think that I wasn't deeply concerned about some of the decreasing commission rates across. It's fucking industry. bullshit. That is because of the agent. 
Do you're not providing the value. You don't provide the value, they're not going to pay the fee. Yeah, and and, and I get as prices have gone to six and seven and eight million dollars, there's probably a point where an owner goes, "This is a lot of money for this task." Yep, I get that. I think we deserve more than what some people are turning up. I have this belief about that. That's 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 for me. And the problem with it is, is that if you had two white Commodores and they were identical. Yep. And one was 20 grand and one was 17 grand. Yep. You're going to pick the 17 grand when they're identical. 100%. Because there's no value add proposition. Yeah. And I think, and, and there's been a whole this trend of off market sales. It's been proliferal through, through this, this, you know, this probably once in a lifetime boom that we've just had or in the middle of or whatever. People always say that, but the property market's gone one way up yep. over time. It, yep. It'll have dips and drops. It goes it one way. It, I, th- I think, I think for me, the, the, the greatest trend that I see, and the guys who are starting to get it do a couple of things. They think about providing better value holistically over their community. Experience. Yeah. Wholehearted. A to Z uh, experience. 100%. Where they walk down the street and they go, that bloke owns a house in my suburb. How do I get to know him? Yeah. That for me is the trend that's, that's going to win. The other part about that is that I think – being a good person is such a so – it's so important. You know, like – People today, I don't want to deal with the dickhead. Yeah, yeah. They and yeah. they read through it. It's not – this is not – this is not old school real estate agent shit. This is real estate agent 2030. Yeah. It's not, you know, like – And I also know, Gav, that that you've – that I, I do believe this. Technology and what I'm seeing with technology and the way that technology is – people have to embrace it. They have to embrace it. You know, it's not going to work – you know, like this technology that we have, we're working hard on the nurture cloud. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just increasing. All, all that we want it to do is to make it easier for people to connect with the human. That's all it is. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it easier for you to pick up the phone and talk to a consumer because it's the talking. We talk about big business, whether it's the portals around the world, whether it's lead generators. The one thing we have to cherish, any industry that loses that loses control of their lead source is in trouble. Yeah. And we have the greatest advantage, which is just talking to more people yeah. on a regular basis. My message for everyone, just talk to more people more often. It yeah. is that simple. I'm going to tell one more story and finish it. And I know, I know it's a story about the young bloke who works for you, but I told him about the rock story. Which one? Who? Uh, Patrick. Uh, yeah. I said to Patrick one day- Patrick's an analytic, you know, he's going to be, he's, he's on track to do two million bucks this year. He's a numbers dude. He's a, so you get along with him. He's yeah, analytical. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. 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 In, fa- in fact, I, I, I remember the conversation. I said, just imagine there's a target, like a bullseye target, like a big archery target, and it's 10 metres away. And I'm going to give Gav 10 rocks, and he's going to throw rocks at the target. How many targets do you think he'll hit? Bullseye. And he goes, oh, nine, nine, nine. I said, do you think you can beat him? He said, oh, maybe. I said, what if I give you 100 rocks? Do you think you can beat him? Uh, I love that. And he went, well, yes, I can, mate. I said, the secret to your success as a kid, mate, is throw more rocks. Oh, I love that. And that's why I got you here, brother. Yeah. To me, every time I speak to you, it's just value, value, value. I hope people people get it. I hope it changes and helps and assists. Love the work you do for the industry. Love the work you do for our group. Um, you are a huge asset. I appreciate everything. And um, thank you so much. How much, mate. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Thinking Outside the Box with Gavin Rubenstein. Subscribe now for future episodes.